Please listen carefully. Hi, I'm Paul Fields. And I'm Dave Guzman. And welcome to Practical Base, where each week we unpack a topic of practical interest to you, the working bass player. You can find this podcast on iTunes, on Google Play, and on an RSS feed for any podcatching app that you prefer. And you can also visit us on the internet on our website at practicalbase.com. You can find us on social media at Facebook, on Google Plus, on Twitter, and on Instagram. Dave, I've got a powerful question for you to start off. Intriguing. What was your first real amp? What do you consider your first real amp? Huh. Like that. Yeah. So my first amp, uh, it was actually an Ampeg, uh, a BA-115, a a super not-so-powerful 150 watts, uh, easy functionality, uh, had that, the Ampeg warmth. Yeah. Uh, But I, I almost can't even cons like it technically it was my first but i i only had it for three months yeah because i realized super quickly that in playing with live musicians i had to trade it up yeah so really like the first rig that i actually utilized and played with was just this mix mixed up like just a a bunch of different pieces put together uh it was in mid 90s swr 220 with the david eden 115 and then an aguilar 212 yeah yeah so it was like kind of a mix and match special yeah yeah Yeah, i think well so how about you well i started out I, i had a i had a horrible little um pv minx amp was I wouldn't say it was my first real amp. It was my right. first amp. Right. I had it for several years when I first started learning to play bass. And like yourself, you know, I, I quickly found that there was no way to use it in any situation other than my bedroom. Right. Um, it was like a one by eight speaker, maybe 30 watts maximum. It yeah. was, you know, clearly not up to the task of any sort of show. Uh, <laughs> I loved it at the time, but thinking back, I think if I heard it nowadays, I would just cringe. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think I went a whole lot further with my first quote, real unquote amp purchase. Right. I bought a, a crate separates, uh, grew. It was like a 200 watt uh-huh. head. And I can't even remember the model number. I, it, right. it was, it might've had some, funky you know generic model number like b250 or something like that (laughs) right or b200 supposedly meaning that it had you know 200 watts of power although that was like solid (laughs) everything that solid state delivers like every every uh you know like every missing quality of tone that you really want. In <laughs> it did have a, it did have a nice, you know, like a, like a seven band EQ on it. And I right. thought it was really hip at the time. And, 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 and I had a one by 15 cabinet. So yeah. it was a lot louder than my other amp. And, you know, that was helpful. 
Uh, right. Not as helpful as great tone would have been, but I was a right. young player. Yeah. You know, I had what I had and, um, yeah, I, I think especially <laughs> in those first ones, you, you just want to be heard through the guitar, yeah. through the drums. Yeah. You're just trying to get that sound out. Yeah. Please like, please God, let somebody hear me over the, the kick in the guitar. <laughs> so yeah, I think this, this kind of helps introduce our topic for today. We're going to talk a little bit about combos and separates and the, the benefits and the drawbacks of each. And, you know, just yeah. to be clear, combo, when we talk about a combo, we talk about a one piece amp where you've got the amplifier and the speaker cabinet are part of one unit. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean benefits of of a combo, you know, I think having that one unit kind of clear right. Like Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, when 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 you start looking at the option of a combo, it, it's there there's a convenience in just having one piece of equipment for your amplification. It's one less hand um, that you have to use to grab something. Uh, you know, they're they're really convenient for sort of like those smaller venues, or maybe just to have in your own like practice space, or even in a, a rehearsal space if you're not practicing right. with a band that's too loud. Yeah, yeah. A absolutely. lot of those can kind of cut right through, um, and and you can build on some of these too. You can if. If you want, you can some some of the models you can actually, you know, daisy chain out another cabinet to build off it if it can if it can handle it. Right, right, exactly. So, you know, there there are a lot of famous combos out there. Um, you know, I think one that was really big. I remember when I was kind of coming up as a bass player was the heart key kickbacks were really popular. Right. Right. Yeah. They had that aluminum comb, but they also had that, that kickback feature. So it was all in one. So you could carry it really easily, but you could also like tilt it back. So yep. you could hear yourself better. If you were like a lot of players located right next to your amp. Yeah. Right. In a rehearsal space might be pretty small, but if you tilted it back, you could get a lot more of the body of your note coming to your, to your ears that's right that's right yeah and and you know even when you think about that too that kind of like brings to mind another use that you can they're great for for some of these combos is if you just want a you know a monitor coming back to you yeah yeah you can kind of use it that way if you like and you know the combos i think you know they tend to be sort of engineered for like value so you'll find a lot of things marketed in the combo space that are really designed with the working musician in mind. And that idea that you said, which is so important, which is, you know, every less thing to forget, right. Every item that you don't have to remember to, to tote in and out every, you know, every single thing you can save having to remember to put in a gig bag or, yeah, you know, make sure it's packed up. Right. Or, you know, all of that stuff is weight too, which, you know, if you're a younger player, you know, maybe that's not so much a concern, but I can say for a lot of our audience, maybe who are, you know, uh, in their thirties, forties, or, you know, maybe even older, uh, you know, they're, you, you start to appreciate the value of, you know, weight, right? Yeah. Weight efficiency. Traveling light. <laughs> yeah. There's a benefit in that for sure. Yeah. I mean, especially if those, if the volume picks up, you know, back to back nights, week after week. Yeah. Yeah. 
but then on the other hand, right, separates, uh, you know, having a separate amp or head and cabinet gives you some options too, right? One yeah. of them, you know, you talk, we, we, we joked a little bit about your, you know, kind of mix and match special, but there is, there's a, not just a charm, but also a real power in that, that you can really be specific about, you know, you like the voice of a particular head and then you like the way that a certain cabinet is voiced and, you know, having, you know, infinite possibilities for doing that. Yeah. Is and the control. Really powerful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's a, there's a, there's a real value in that. Um, I would say, you know, if people have listened to practical base, then they may have heard our last week's episode about insurance and loss and, um, you know, hopefully trying to make that topic a little more fun than it sounds. But, you know, we talked about, you know, accidents or losing equipment in different situations. And the great thing about separates is let's say something happens to your, your amp head, right? Right. Not making that entire purchase or that entire piece of equipment useless. is really great, right? If you can go just, Oh, I'm going to just swap in another head. I'm going to grab another amp head from a friend of mine or something like that. Yeah. It's really useful. Yeah, it is. And, and, and you could, you know, to that same point, you could actually upgrade certain pieces. So you might like the way, you know, you might like the way that the, the, uh, the quality of your amp, but you want to upgrade your cabinet or vice versa. All of that is in your control, you know, and like what I think that, you know, one of the really big pieces with your separates is that really, if, if you want, if you want that big sound, I mean, if you want yeah. power, you've got, you, you almost have to go that route. Um, and you know, you're the one that's making the choice as to what pieces that you want there, how much wattage, how much, you know, all of, all those kind of technical aspects, it's your research, your, you know, you create your own. Yeah. Yeah. Your point about power and really needing to move to separates when you get to a bigger rig, that's so important, right? The combo space is, you know, by definition, you know, you're limiting, you're limiting your choices, but you're also limiting the size of the, your amp stack itself. Yeah. Right. And that is kind of the point, but it also means that, you know, they're going to top out, right. Even the, you know, even some very nice combos are going to top out at a certain wattage. And, you know, at, at some point you, you know, you're going to start to miss that in, if you're in bigger venues or, you know, outside gigs, I find it, it's, key for me to be able to bring a much bigger rig yeah. and the big rigs, you know, it's all going to be separates. I mean, I don't, I don't think this is rocket science probably for the audience. I mean, one of the most famous rigs you're going to see, you know, at any big event is, you know, the almighty SVT, right? The Ampeg right. SVT, right? Which is the classic combination of, you know, a head, which is basically made out of solid lead. If right. you've ever carried one, <laughs> they are, you know, they're notoriously heavy. And then, you know, this eight by 10 behemoth cabinet that, you know, you need a dolly and a couple guys to wheel it around. So, yeah. you know, 
you don't want to be taking that to every rehearsal, but at the same time, you know, you re- when you get into a big venue or a bigger gig, you know, you need that kind of coverage. Yeah. And you're not going to find it by, you know, hooking up a a budget combo even if it if it can hook up to an extension cabinet, right. you're just not going to get that that oomph. Yeah, cuz you've got to push air. Yeah, absolutely. That that really is the that really is the key. And there are some great combos out there, right? I mean, the um, the ones that I've seen recently that actually combine lightweight neodymium speakers, right? A lot lighter than the conventional, you know, iron-based magnet, right? That you find in older stuff. That saves you a lot of weight, and you can find nowadays uh, again these newer amplifiers as well yeah right class d amplifiers which have really fast power switching there's a bunch of technical mumbo jumbo messed up in that which we're probably not going to go into here maybe might be a great topic for another for another show yeah but those class d amplifiers mean that you've got these amps now that can weigh 30 35 40 pounds which is, you know, you can carry in one hand in and out of a venue. Yeah. And you might have 400 or 500 watts of power in that combo. Yep. Right? It's not going to push enough air for a big outdoor or a big venue, but just about anything lower than that, you're, you know, you're you're good. Right. Um so there are some drawbacks, right, to each of these and you know, we've started to talk a little bit about each of those, right? The yeah. the combo Right. We mentioned how if you have separates, you can kind of mix and match and swap out if something goes wrong. But uh the the combo on the other hand, right, that's a that's a big drawback because right. like what happens if one of your speakers blows? Yeah. That's it. And and a lot of combos, like you can't really take them apart or detach whatever that amp is, they're they're built in. Yeah, some of that stuff some of that stuff may be you know, it's hardwired or, you know, it's soldered and it, you know, not that you can't necessarily repair those, but I suspect that a lot of our listening audience doesn't do tech work on their own amps. Right. Um, not every bass player does, right? You trust that to maybe a technician or somebody else, or it means you have to ship that item somewhere if you don't have a reputable shop near you. Right. Right. And so that's a big cost that, uh, that you're incurring, not to mention, you know, if that's your only rig, you know, you're, you are out of your rig for that amount of time, right? You right. may have to go borrow something yeah, from somebody. Now what? Through. Right. <laughs> right. Um, another facet of this that I, I have found is that maybe less so in the higher price range, but definitely in the range for a lot of young working musicians or maybe musicians who are not trying to make you know, make their career on music. Um, you find that a lot of the budget priced combos, the things that, you know, the amps that are going to cost you, you know, maybe in the four or $500 range, they're just not engineered as well, right? They, yeah. they're driven highly by cost and they know that their buying market is driven by cost. And so they do tend to cut corners with some of the components, like the electronics inside, the electronic components or other you know, other um, dimensions or other facets of the of the combo unit themselves are 
you know, they're just not made as heartily as some of the higher priced equipment. Right. I mean, if you really look at the combo and, and who it's, and who it's geared toward, these are typically, I mean, and not in all cases, but a lot of them are basically driven off of the demand from kind of these like big box stores, mm-hmm. right? right. You walk in maybe, you know, kind of beginner level basis that are, that just want something affordable and easy. And it's, it, it, I mean, it definitely serves a purpose, but if you're looking at the other side of it, they're already cooked, right? Yeah. Like that combination, whatever that, whatever that tone, the tonal qualities and the matchup, you, you have no control over it. It's already prepackaged and because of the volume that they're producing these, there, there's just a, there's a lot of shortcuts. The quality, you know, can, can lack in some of them. And if you're really looking at sort of if you just search, if you just shop like, you know, the, and, and combos, uh, base combos, and you just see what comes up, the, the vast majority are between like a hundred to 200 Watts. Right. Like right. that's, that's the target. Right. Right. It's not, it's not that they don't make anything stronger. It's just, that's their, that's their target. And so you're not going to get that, you know, higher and higher quality, all of, all of those pieces. Um, and it's somebody else's choice as to, you know, whoever designed the, the, the two pieces to come together, it, you know, it was somebody else's design. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I, you know, turning to separates and, and looking at things that, that may not be up to snuff there, you can find that, you know, if you're looking in that price range where, Hey, this is a separate, it's going to be more, more, um, flexible for me, but you're looking at the lower price range you know, you may miss a lot of the bells and whistles that you find in a combo. Like you could spend, let's say, $600 on a combination of maybe, you know, an amp head and and a speaker and a two by 10 or a four by 10 speaker cabinet. Sure. Like, let's say you spend $600, $700 on that. Um, you know, the amp head that you get for maybe $300 out of that or $350 or whatever is probably going to lack some of the tonal quality and some of the bells and whistles that you're going to find on a higher priced separate, right? True. Yes. And, and also, well, and again, since this is the you know really versus the the combo, that sev- that same $700 is probably going to buy you a combo with a lot more features packed in for that money, right? You might find like an effects loop uh control on it with a mix control right you might find a built-in tuner you might find uh you know one of these you know one of these amazing new like uh you know the kind of amp the the tonal control that they have on like the tc yep. ones where you can download that's right tone prints into it exactly you know, things like that yeah you you may not if you're buying separates at that price point you will probably not get uh, a goodly number of those features. So, you know, if you're trying to find bang for your buck, separates may not give you that at the same price point. Yeah, I think, you know, and, and when when we're looking at the separates as well, you know, at the obvious piece, you know, that I always think about is that it it, it is that extra hand, you know, you have you have that extra cable. It's just something else that that's that you have to remember and that you have to carry. Um and you have to know what your gig is. And there's times where, you know, when I really think back to having like that mix and match, kind of like that big stacking combination, it was too much for a lot of venues. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, playing a restaurant that has like all these just hard floors, hard tables, tall ceilings, and I'm coming in with a stack there. Right. I'm like, you know, is there, is there such thing as like three quarters of one on my volume knob? <laughs> you know, like it doesn't go that low anymore. It just cuts out. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm scared to even say it here in this podcast, but maybe there's such a thing as too much bass. Heresy. <laughs> Blasphemy. <laughs> Once again, you have blasphemed the base. No, you're you're right. You're absolutely right. I couldn't agree more. There, there is such a thing as as too much base for a room, like for a particular room, and so you do have to be aware of that. Know the kind of places you play. It might be amazing. Again, it might be amazing to own one of these SVT, you know, that classic SVT stack. But I'm sorry, are you going to bring that into your neighborhood bar and play that there? Uh, that is a that is a mistake, and yeah. I w- I would say that is a that would be poor judgment in in almost any circumstance I can imagine. Right, exactly, exactly. So yeah, you really have to buy to match to match the room. Yeah. Another part of this is making sure that the pieces that you buy have a complementary sound. Now that doesn't mean necessarily that you you know you have to buy the same brand for all your separates. But it's something that you need to think about, right? It gives you one more thing that you have to consider. Like you have to be, again, this is, we're talking about drawbacks for separates. One of them is you have to be a little more thoughtful about your buying. Like, is this head a good match for this cabinet or maybe this pair of cabinets in some cases? Right. And you've got the whole wattage, the ratings, the ohms, the matchup. Are you going to add to that? Should it be an eight ohm cabinet if you plan to ex- you know, extend it yeah. and bring on another one. Right. Do this, do this sounds even really match up? And do you have a place that you can test this out? Or yeah. just, I think like at the top of these decisions, also you have this whole thing where for most musicians, it's kind of trial and error. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Absolutely. an expensive trial and error. Yeah, it can be. Absolutely. Um, you know, the only alternative, I guess, is to bring the rig you already have to the store where you're trying and another piece that you're adding and that can be a little hairy. I don't know that most stores really dig people doing that. So, you know, that's something to be aware of. Um, I've done it. You know, and there's, and there are, I mean, you mentioned ohms and Watts, right? And there are rules. There are, you know, there are prescribed mathematical rules for what you want to do. Like, you know, if I attach two eight ohm cabinets to my amp, that means that my resistance is four ohms, right? And my amp is going to tell me usually in the manual or on the back, it's going to tell me, you know, don't run this amp at less than four ohms. Or maybe for some amps, it might say don't run this at less than eight ohms. Meaning that if I attach two cabinets to it that are eight ohms, that becomes four ohms. I literally could smoke that amp at a gig. Yeah. Maybe without even playing at a very high volume, you know, I could burn that amp up very easily. Um, So you do have to be aware of what that means. Now, I think salespeople in most uh, most worthy guitar stores can help you with that. They can help you with that decision if you don't understand the rules. I would also say there are plenty of resources you can find on the internet that will tell you how those rules work and will help you figure out, is buying this extra piece for my separates, is that going to be a good thing for me or not? Right. Right. So 
Yeah, there are ways to do it, but again, it's something that you have to think about. Separates mean a higher level of thought that you have to put into, you know, what you're buying. Yeah. So what, I mean, what do you play currently, Dave? What's your, what's your current rig look like? Uh, yeah. So actually right now, um, interestingly enough, I'm playing a combo. So, uh, you know, I'm playing a Mark bass. It's the CMB Jeff Berlin player school combo. It's basically a 115. 300 watts weighing in at a, at a whopping 35 pounds. That's amazing. 35 pounds is incredible. That's like a toddler basically. Yeah. Like for those of you who have kids, you'll, you know, still be able to <laughs> one small human, like a very small human. <laughs> now, like I'm not sure, like I, it's what I use right day to day. It's my work. It's, and it's actually the only rig, like I sold everything off because that's my MO, right? I just get rid of everything. Yeah. And it's kind of risky. I actually feel like, I think I'm invigorated by the level of risk of just having that one. Amp. Just that one piece. Yeah. yeah. God forbid I get called on a gig. That's a huge outdoor venue. I might have to call you. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I like it because of because for the the gigs that I'm doing, most of them are they're just smaller venues, and there's a lot of them, and it's it's important to me that I can come in and out one trip. It's just the simplicity, and and it the 300 watts is covering everything that I need yeah. at this point. Yeah, it could change, but right now, you know, it it works. Yeah, and I'll I'll you know I'll be honest, I am a big fan of just the voicing and the quality of the Mark Bass rigs. Yeah. Something about them just really agrees with me and my style of playing and my ear. Um, and I really like their combos Yeah, a lot. I would say, you know, for, you know, for the money, really, really good bang for your buck, really good quality. And I just think the sound is speaks yeah. for itself. Yeah. And, and I think in, in the combo world, like, right now they've, you know, they certainly have, you can upgrade from that. And, and they've, they're the ones that are yeah. coming out right now with, you know, two eights that'll fill a room. Yeah. I mean, I, I heard one of their, you know, one of their little cube amps that I think is a one by 10. Right. And I don't know, it's like 400 Watts or something like that. And right. it's astounding yeah. how much, thump you can get out of that little box when i when i heard it for the first time i'm like get out of town yeah you know and then you know the the guy who owned it he was like yeah now go pick it up and i just like lifted by the handle and it just like sh i was expecting it to you know be really chunky because you know bass amp and sure. picked it up and it just like shot into the air and i'm like shut the front door <laughs> are you kidding me so what are you playing right now well, I've, so I've gone through a number of amps in my time and, and some of them I still own. Like I have a, I have a lot of the amps that I've bought over the years. I've, I've kept, um, the ones that I, that I felt were worth it. I've gotten rid of a bunch of, you know, kind of working level combos over time, but the one combo I still own, but I don't use as much anymore is, uh, I have an SWR super redhead, mm -hmm. um, which I bought before Fender owned SWR. So it's, you know, it's getting on in years, but it still works great. It doesn't have the amount of power that the newer, you know, newer rigs do. I think right. it tops out at like 
350 or 400 watts. Yeah. And it te- it's really, that one, it's all about like the smooth as opposed to the right. raw honking power, you know? Yep. But the the rig that I use all the time now, right, is a, it actually is an, a Mark base like yours, which is why yep. I was tickled to hear that you're, you're using them. Um, I've got the little Mark tube 800, which is, you know, it runs 500 watts at, at eight ohms, or uh-huh. if I put another speaker on it, it's 800 watts divided by, you know, to those two speaker cabinets yep. into four ohms. Um, and I use it with a two by 10. I've got a set of traveler cabinets with them. So that it's kind of a match set. I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie. That's a match set. I right. really love the way their rigs sound, but again, the weight, you know, you can, and you can find this with other makers too nowadays, but that weight, uh, for me, the quality of the sound and the weight component were the perfect match and i also found a really good deal on those yeah. and i also picked up a i picked up a used one by 15 to go with that so now if i have a big gig you know it's this you know again it's this 800 watt amp and then you know a two by 10 and then a one by 15 under it and it is i mean it can be deafeningly loud i i've used it at an outdoor gig and i want to say i probably turned the amp up louder than I ever had before, which means like on the clock dial, like maybe 1030, right? Maybe 1030 at right. night, right? Like if you set yep. your, set the hour hand like that, that's where my volume was. Holy cow. And it yeah. was, I mean, it was like the stage was, was moving a little bit. My, my <laughs> drummer later told me, he said he thought he, he he wasn't sure, but he thought he might have been having heart palpitations right. during the gig because of my amp. <laughs> so it was, I mean, it was that's, amazing. And just, cool. you know, and the tone is, you know, goes on for days. So yeah. I can't say enough about that, that rig. I am a, I'm a big believer in, in them. Again, we, we're not getting paid for this. Not yeah. a, <laughs> not, no one's, no one's getting any kickback from, you know, our friends at Mark base or something like that. It's not yet. We just, yeah, not, not yet. yet. Maybe when they hear it, who knows, <laughs> wouldn't turn it down. But see, but that, see, that rig is great because you've got the flexibility. You can do this, you know, with just the yeah. two tens, it's going to cover just about anything. And once you put that whole thing together, I mean, if really, if you're playing a venue where that's where your whole rig is not, is not covering it and they don't have a, like a direct system. Right. What, Maybe what's going on yeah, here, what, right? Like <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing here anyway? Yeah, we're going to put this in a stadium and then we're just not going to attach you to anything. Just <laughs> see what happens. How about we do that? Yeah, I'm actually using I mean that half rig has really become my go-to. I'm I'm using it tonight for a gig. I'm going to take, you know, that amp and the 2 by 10 and that's it and it's going to yeah. be plenty, right? I love it. Yeah. So definitely, either way you go, though, I, I think it's safe to say combos or separates, whichever way you decide to go, uh, you know, you are you can find so much variety and so much value at a lot of different price points. So, you know, I would say get out there and and play them and see what's right for you. Uh, if you know musicians, ask them what they're playing and, you know, learn from that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. When you, um, if you have friends that are playing and you see them live, um, you know, it can't hurt just to hook up with them, you know, not there at the gig, of course, but offline, you know, catch up with them and test out their rig and see, you never know like what sounds right for you because maybe how they play it, it's 
they're getting something different from their setup. And if you plug it, you might get something better or worse. So you start to get an idea as to what's important for you. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it really does come down to, you know, each player has a specific way of playing and, you know, you want to pick the pieces that are right for you and no one can really tell you what that is. You are the person who has to decide. So use your ears and, you know, use your wallet. Let that be a guide as well. And, um, you know, hopefully find something that is, that's going to be the right fit for the kind of gigs that you're doing. That's right. Right. That's right. Or just get crazy and just go buy your, your dream rig. (laughs) Just do it. (laughs) Buy that SVT. Buy it. Just do it. Just do it. Don't even, (laughs) don't even worry about it. What is that? Like $3,000 for the best, for the $3,000 for the best relationship with your chiropractor that you will ever have. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And with that, I think we're going to sign off uh, for this week. So I hope you guys got something out of this episode. We would love to hear what kind of rig you're using and why you bought it. Tell us about rigs that you've gotten rid of and why you got rid of them. Uh, Even if you just want to leave us some feedback about the show or ideas about it. Uh, a topic that you would like to see us go further into. Maybe there was something you heard on this show that you would like us to expand on in a future week's podcast. We would love to hear from you. You can leave comments at our website, practicalbase.com. You can also get in touch with us on Google Plus, on Facebook, on Instagram, or on Twitter. Uh, You can find us there as Practical Base. And of course, you can listen to this podcast every week on iTunes, on Google Play, or using your favorite podcatching app along with our RSS feed. And we cannot wait to get with you next week for another topic of practical interest for you, the working musician and bass player. So I think until then, my name is Paul Frields. And I'm Dave Gusman. And this has been Practical Bass. Thanks for listening. I never get the recording started soon enough to catch all the best jokes. Yeah. The oh nasal root canal. The nasal root canal. <laughs> that jo- Oh, that joke. <laughs> oh, it's the old nasal root canal <laughs> gag. That gag's got whiskers. <laughs> <laughs> Bromo. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>